We're back in the ASEAN Chambin Podcast, a platform for inspiring stories that opens the doors of opportunities for the ASEAN people. This episode will explore the startup ecosystem in Lao PDR with Pasong Latana. He is the founder and CEO of GoTeddy, an online delivery service startup with a vision to reach all individuals in an untapped market to have access to everything and anything with just one simple click. So, without further ado, let's have the head-to-head discussion with the expert, Pasong Latana. Okay, thank you so much for joining us today in our ASEAN Champion Podcast, Pasong. Um, it's a pleasure to be able to sit down and chat with you virtually to explore the startup ecosystem in your country, uh, straight from the expert, because for the folks listening today, uh, we're here with the founder and CEO of GoTeddy. So, hi, Pasong. Hello. Hi, guys. Okay, so without further ado, let's explore something general to start. Uh, to be honest, uh, I did a bit of research before this discussion, and I noticed you spent some time abroad, uh, but you launched GoTeddy in Laos, right? So I'm curious, uh, what made you decided to launch the startup here in, uh, there in Laos? Yeah, so that's uh, a very good introduction. So let me walk you through the journey of the GoTeddy and my personal life in the past years before setting up the company in Laos. So basically, I spent uh, almost eight years abroad, including Singapore and the UK. I was four years in Singapore during my high school there, and I attended my university degrees in the UK, uh, in the Cass Business School, London. And after I finished my degrees in the UK, I decided to um, come back to Laos to do um, my own business. But um, initially, I didn't really plan to, to launch this startup. But it was just that during my second year in the university, I was doing uh, the dissertations for my um, university yeah. course. So that was like the topic that I did. And I spent almost two years doing R&D about this, uh, this field, like a delivery startup industry and stuff. I learned about the business models of Uber Eats, Gilroos. I even tried to become like a, a part-time writers back in the UK, yes. like a few times, just to see like, how is it like to be a writers and at the same time to understand like the whole business process and supply chains about uh, logistic and deliveries back then. And yeah, because every time I came back to Laos, I feel like this country, we need more, more of like a digital service, something that can bring in the convenience to the citizens in the countries. So the idea just came like, I, I look back to my dissertation, I was like, you know, this can really happen if we really want to execute it. It's just that there was a certain technical part that I didn't really get it. So at the beginning, I really like looking for a partner who is good at like uh, the technical expertise. So once I came back home, I talked to my friends, talked to everyone surrounded me, uh, asking if they want to join my team. So I was lucky to have like one guy who is like local to join the team. And then we started doing some like prototype and demos 
to see how how is how is it like and to show people because this kind of business is like very new to the people here so i guess we were like the first mover in laos the company that launched and introduced the e-commerce or like online delivery service so um the first three months that we launched we already got like many tractions without doing any like marketing or advertising it's just like word of mouth so that's uh uh that's the the beginnings of my journey so that's that's lead me to start the business and right now i've been managing the company for almost two years now yeah two years ago okay so in the first um, launching part, how was the target audience? How was the market respond to your product to uh, go to? Uh, when we first launched the product, it was just like a very niche market and a very small societies that knows about GoTeddy, because we we started with like uh, our own friends, like a group of uh, communities where we had like fifty people. So basically, we didn't really have like a a very big budget to do like launching events or to do launch the product. So I asked like the corporations from all of my friends who are like micro influencers and things like that to to post everything at once on the first day that we launched. And because of the branding itself that is very lovely, I would say, that really grabbed attention from the peoples because we also got like, you know, many, many transactions, many downloads in the first uh, the first month of launching the business so within like two weeks we already hit like 200 orders per day without doing any like a uh, marketing so that's also very that's also indicates the strength and the potential of this business if we can implement a very strategic marketing uh, strategies then this could become like a very huge business in Laos yeah yeah, I, yeah, that's like the startup ecosystem, though. You gradually uh, sl- or slowly evolving from small to a bigger um, area, right? So it, it's fair to say that the startup ecosystem is still emerging in the Southeast Asia, including your country. Um, but we could see that many people are starting to contribute directly to it and make it more richer. So in your opinion, uh, what is the biggest challenge when you first launch a startup? Um, so that the people who are listening today uh, can prepare themselves before having their own. I guess like we go to the, we face a very unique challenge where other country might not encounter this part of the the challenge and problems. So the things that we face initially it was like the newness of the business itself that made us very very hard to uh, to communicate with the peoples and to educate them of how this kind of service work. I mean, like at the beginning, there was like a, a certain group of people who already understand about the business and can immediately adopt it, you know, but in terms of the, the big scales, we still find it like very hard to educate people of how this uh, is working, you know, until we had like a, a big competitor enter the market. so things become like very easy because the competitors also helps in educating peoples and citizens in the country to be more adopted with the tech service. 
Um, the second challenge that we faced was uh, infrastructures. Uh, we had some kind of like uh, issues about the internet connections and Wi-Fi because uh, you know like this kind of ecosystem we always need like internet network or Wi-Fi 24/7. But in Laos, we don't really have this. Um, how would I say this? Like a a very advanced Wi-Fi package where you can just like, you know, subscribe like monthly package, like maybe six month package. Everyone use this system where they top up manually by themselves. Like this, for example, like this is the package that I'm using right now. It's a three three day package. I have to subscribe every three days. If I forgot to subscribe or if my data is run out of internet. I will just run out of internet immediately. And, you know, the important thing is like we are managing like thousands of merchants. Some merchants, they have Wi-Fi, that's lucky. But some of them, they don't really have Wi-Fi and we need to rely on their, the connection of their Wi-Fi and internet sometimes, you know? Sometimes the problems might happen like the customers order food, but the restaurants don't have any notifications coming up. So this order become like a very, delayed order, delayed order, you know? So the company has to ring up the, the restaurants asking like, oh, what is wrong with the orders? Why you don't accept? So that the question, the answers would be like, oh, of course, we forgot to top up the internet. You know, that kind of like small things, but can become like a big things because of the infrastructures in general. And the third challenge, which is very important as well, is the, policies, regulations, and legal terms, because right now we don't really have like a clear framework for e-commerce or startup uh, business, you know? Even the license itself, they, they don't really support the startup, but the government is trying to, to create a framework. Uh, I think that it will be like available soon, but there's so many things that is still unclear because we have been, the government have been saying like, you know, all the tech startups should be like tax exemptions, you know, but they don't really have like the official documents. So right, even right now we have like, you know, a, a staff coming from like the tax departments, you know, ranking up like uh, these kind of things. So there are many things that remains unclear. And yeah, I think that's the hard part. And another challenge would be like, accessing into fundings because the ecosystem here is still like very new we don't have so many vc we don't really have so many angels uh, we just started to have like a, a small incubators and a small accelerators so and funding is like the main main things for a startup so without these uh, capitals none of the startup would be able to grow so that's the, the main challenge that I think most of us are like facing in these regions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's actually very great for startups if we have like interconnectivity within the region, right? And it's quite funny to know that technology is here to help us, but at the same time giving us problems <laughs> in the <Yeah>. world. <laughs> Okay, so to sum up uh, from that discussion just now, um, technology, especially GoTeddy, wants to bring the 
to the market, help, helping the lives of the people with the help of technology, especially during the pandemic, right? We, people are pushed to adopt technology in a snap. Uh, but of course, there's limitation uh, in the execution, like what you said, what you mentioned. Uh, for example, that people are not digitally savvy, not just the vendors, but also the consumers. So um, what is the, your strategy um, to introduce this new technology to the people at the first time? Mm, that's a very good question. <laughs> so, um, I guess like the strengths or the strategies of our company is the mainly cultural understandings because the ways that we build our platform be based on the consumer behavior in these regions and their levels of understandings. So we start building the platform with the local language, which is very weird. So we use like the local language instead of having like the English and then translate it to local. We started with local. Not, none of them are in English in the beginning because we, don't, we didn't want to confuse people. And we knew that this kind of thing is like very, new, very, very new for them. So even like the USA experience, the workflows of the platform, we are trying to make things like very easy with a few simple steps and then you can just get your food immediately. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't really add like many features and functions to confuse people like, oh, where to click that? If they want to order food, should I click here or there? You know, like this is the problems where developing developed country, they won't have this kind of challenge anymore because everyone is just like very educated. Everyone is like already familiar with the technology, but for us, it's just like very, very different. So our strategy is to be able to understand the nature of the behaviors so that we can build the platform based on that. So yeah, even right now, main of the contents is in like local language. The app is full of the locals. English is just like the, the, the optional language for, for the app. So this is how we really captures the, the locals customer attentions uh, at the beginning. Um, another strategy will be like uh, collaborating with the local businesses and government's bodies to boost your credit abilities. Uh, working with the governments in Laos uh, also give us some benefits because the governments also really push uh, help on pushing us into like international states, like sending us to go to like Korean startup in Korea and things like that. So that's, that's also to help. That's part of the strategies that uh, we use as well. We work with UNDP uh, right now. So it's like an NGO organization. So the project will be uh, released next month. We are working with the UNDP to on the scope of environment protection. So right now we are trying to minimize the use of plastics back. So we got some uh, collaboration with UNDP to provide like a sustainable packaging and recycles materials and this kind of thing. That's really nice. I mean, uh, the reducing of plastic use itself is like a big step. And from a startup like you to make big changes, I think it's very exciting to see, right? Um, so while we're in this discussion about technology, I must ask, uh, what did you see the impact of GoTeddy makes to the consumer? 
especially that GoTeddy can contribute to an environment as, as well, right? So, I mean, like to the consumers or to the country as a whole? I think we could start from the consumers and then to the country. We can explore there. <laughs> Uh, I mean, obviously, what we have been contributing so far is to bring in the convenience to the to the peoples and to the consumers, allowing them to access into services that they can't really easily access. And the visions of GoTeddy is bigger than just doing food deliveries, which um, I'll be explaining now about the, the vision of the GoTeddy. So basically, what we really want to contribute to the, this country is we want everyone, whether people who are in the rurals or, you know, like the, the urban areas, everyone need to be able to access into uh, necessary service, whether it's gonna be like food, groceries, healthcare, hospitalities, and all these things, shipping, you know, um, actually we have the visions to create like a, a super app as you guys know but right now everybody see us as like a, a food delivery company because we already have food delivery and grocery shopping only but we will have another four services to launch and I'm pretty sure that with this new four services that we are trying to launch we can really massively contribute to the societies where we can move things or puzzles or any things that you know move from like in the capitals to like outside because in Laos we are still having a big portions of people who can't really access into like good healthcare, good drinking waters and good food. Maybe with this platform and technologies and a little bit with the collaboration with the governments, I think like there will be another big project coming up. For, for this country between Gotedi and the, the nation itself. Yeah, we, we have plans to launch a few things uh, next year. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, I'm very uh, interested to get to know Gotedi more in the chat because, but before we go to the technical bits, um, why a teddy bear? Could you share us the philosophy behind the name of Gotedi? Uh, I mean, this is the questions that I always get asked. Even like the, every time that I pitch to the to the investor, they'll be like, "Why teddy bear?" And the the worst than that is like they ask me, "Why teddy bear doesn't have eyes?" You know, I was like, I mean, I don't really have like the the reasons behind this logos or this branding. It was just like the initial ideas of me coming. It was like. I look at the demographics of the peoples in this country and it turned out to be like the average age of the people in this country is like 24 years old. Average, like the mean age, mm. like the whole country, which is like very young. So before starting the company, because I am a person who is very emphasizing on branding. So before making the brands, I look at the demography and I see like most of the audience are like very young teenagers. So I try to come up with like something very lovely, cute and adorable to grab attentions. That's why I came up with the name like a, no, not the name yet. I came up with the, the bear as an icons, but that doesn't really indicate like, doesn't give you a sense of like becoming like a delivery app. It was just like a bear. 
So I was trying to combine something with like something that makes it feel like the speed or something that makes it move. So I decided to combine with the rock, the rockets, many rockets that I trying to dust with this bear. And at the end, we found one rocket that comes uh, that can combine with the bear perfectly. And yeah, and finally, with just like the teddy, it's just is is part of the copyrights of the artist company or other organizations already. So you can't really use that name. So I was like uh, brainstorming the final the final name. So it's gonna be like Teddy Go Go Teddy, and that's also part of the branding strategy of our, as well. We decided to use Go Teddy, and every service that we are trying to do, we're gonna come up with like Teddy Eat, Teddy Shop, Teddy Ship, Teddy Shark, Teddy Ticket, and Teddy Pay. So this is the gimmicks of the branding that we are playing yeah. around with, and we are trying to create like the characters for each service. Uh, and we, are, we actually have the name for this bear. His name is Frank. We are trying to make this person's become, become like a, become the things that people love. You know, we are trying to dress and build this guy characters. Yeah, it's part of the developments and research. Like, how can you make people feel attached with the brands? Yeah. That's why we are really emphasizing on the branding part. Yeah. I think it's a really fun logo though, a teddy and a rocket. <laughs> yeah, nice. but uh, soon we are gonna do like a, a rebranding, but it's not gonna be so much different from the initial ones, but it's gonna be more like a, more high tech, more like a, a tech company. Let's go back to the discussion about the emerging startup ecosystem in your region. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned about having competitors, so and I also noticed, right, if the startup ecosystem is growing, there are potentially, there going to be a market disruptor. Because, yeah, you initially was a market disruptor as well up until now. So how, how did you always get on your feet to, so that your competitors wouldn't disrupt you? Okay, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, a very tough questions to answer basically. Yeah, uh, so right now we, so let's talk about the whole ecosystem of the startup in these regions or in my country first. Uh, the ecosystem right now is getting better and better because we have more of like incubators and accelerators joining the whole ecosystem. We have the educational institutions who is actively adding the entrepreneurship and startup contents into the course. And we have the, the government's events, uh, the, the, the startup events hosted by the governments uh, quite often these days. We have big banks uh, trying to enter into the startup by organizing the pitching competitions. Whoever wins get the, the prize and stuff. So all these things uh, make up like uh, the whole startup ecosystem. Even though the ecosystem is not completed yet, but I can I can see the startup ecosystem in Laos to be big in the next uh, three years. Because right now I can see like so many young entrepreneurs who are like 18, 19, 16, like 
doing their own startup. Uh, last week, I just attended the, the pitching events on Love Startup Fest. I was like very impressed with the ideas and the ways that they pitch. It's just like, what's next after you have an idea? Where can you receive the capitals? Where you can get the funding? You know? So if the VC and the angel investors doesn't, are not really like actively contributing into the startup, so there's no part of these young entrepreneurs to create the ventures and to get funding. So this is something that we also need, like the, the supports and contributions from international investors, you know, maybe like a VC from Singapore, Thailand, Indonesia, angel investor or something like that. The governments need to help us on promoting or, you know, taking in the, the international VC to pour some money in, in the in the country. Um, yeah, that's the ecosystem. I think that the the main things that we are lacking of is the capitals and fundings. It's very hard to access. So even for Guatemala right now, we don't really look for a domestic investors, but very but more like uh, outsiders. Yeah, because in here you can't really see anyone's. Even though we have like a VC, but angels, they don't. They are not really like active. You know what I mean? They're not really like active into it. So uh, that's uh, a small issues about the Laos ecosystem, about the startup. And in terms of the competitors, uh, right now we have a few locals, competitors, and we have one big multinational company. And uh, the good things about having the competitor is like, it helps in generate demands and it helps in expanding the market size of the business itself. Yeah, so uh, the competitor also helps on educating people on how to adopt the technology, which I think is a, is a win-win for us. We don't really have like big budgets to do like marketings. Uh, you guys will be surprised about like the, the monthly budgets that we spent for the company. It was like less than 3,000 US dollars only. Whereas the competitors, they are doing like, I think like 20 times more because they have like our home years, everything like really mass. They do subsidiaries, buy one, get one, free delivery, 50% off, everything. But we are still doing good. I was fascinated with startups ecosystem. And, you know, hearing that it's growing, it's emerging is like, you know, in a, in a way, startup is like empowering the people as well. Just like you said, it's educating the people uh, who are not really digitally savvy to adopt technology to, you know, help help their life. It's also create a job opportunities to the people as well. So do you plan to expand to another ASEAN market? Uh, the plan is to be strong in your homegrown market before expanding. So the next destinations or the next uh, potential markets that we are planning to go is um, Cambodia and Myanmar. So these two markets, we have been doing some researches for the past two years since they wants to be uh, since they wants to restarted this company. Uh, yeah, so we look into the the market characteristics, 
populations, the potentials, the competitive uh, landscape and everything already. And we can feel that in the Asian regions, these are the two next countries that can possibly uh, bring GoTeddy in because let's say Jakarta, Gojek, Grab, everything is already there. Thailand, four big players, Grab, Lyman, Gojek, uh, you know, like uh, so many big players, but in this country like Myanmar and Cambodia, the competition is not so steep yet. Uh, there is like a few big companies there, but the market is like really big. And I feel like the consumer behavior and the cultures are very similar to Lao peoples. They have the, a very young population as well. The growth of the academic, uh, the growth of the economics are a very, very similar stage and the ways that people live the life are also like very similar. So we kind of like understand their culture a little bit. And we are just like observing from distance, you know, like every day to see like when's the best time to go. Yeah, but anyways, it has to be based on the performance in this country. If we can, you know, like execute the plan well, then that will be like very, quick and fast for us to expand into international market. So that part, I guess it really depends on us and our team, like how fast we can grow. But the plan for expansion into international market is definitely 100%. So what do you think about Pasong's perspective on the emerging startup culture in ASEAN? I hope this could inspire more people to build a transformative and innovative startup ecosystem in the region. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel so you could hear more insightful episodes in our ASEAN Champion Podcast, now also available in our podcast platforms.